Mike Rags and Todd Burlage with a Blue Gold Report podcast. Fighting Irish sports from the inside out. Subscribe to the Blue Gold Report. It's not just talk, it's the Blue Gold Report. Well, hello again, everybody. It is the Blue Gold Report. Uh, after a week off hiatus, uh, Mike Rags, your host, and Todd Burlage, we are back and ready to give you some entertainment for Notre Dame fans. And of course, wherever you found us, we're brought to you by D.O. McComb and Sons Funeral Homes. Uh, if you've downloaded the app, make sure you rate and review us. Or if you're listening on ESPN Radio 1380 and uh, 100.9 FM in Fort Wayne, well, hello. How are you? Uh, lots to get to today. Obviously, uh, the only football really going on is Super Bowl 53, but we do have a senior bowl to talk about, and we got a couple players uh, really doing well out there. And, of course, uh, basketball is going hot and heavy. The boys, uh, the men are really struggling right now. The girls, the women, well, they're excelling, as always, although they did get a little scare uh, this week from Tennessee. We'll talk about that, maybe throw in some hockey, but let's throw in our good buddy Todd Burlidge right now. Todd, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing well, Rags. How are you, sir? Well, it is the dead of winter, and uh, we are talking uh, <laughs> wind chills in our area, maybe in the negative 40s uh, during the middle of next week. Uh, the blue gold game can't get here soon enough. Yeah, amen. I know. I did a couple of sort of rites of spring for me every year is when you start to see Daytona 500 commercials and then beyond that, Masters yep. commercials. I did see my first Masters commercial over the weekend, so so that helped me warm up a little bit. But yeah, next week is going to be brutality. Yeah, it's going to be rough. And uh, as I program the station in Fort Wayne, too, I get a lot of uh, I got the schedule for baseball and the schedule for the uh, <laughs> for the Indianapolis 500 and all that stuff. So uh, yeah, it, it, it summer is is coming. That's the one thing about winter; it's got to lead to something eventually. All right, then exactly. it's going to lead to some postseason basketball. Basketball. We know for the women, uh, the men, it's going to be uh, it's going to be rough going here, and we'll talk a little bit more about that coming up. But as we start off every show, uh, let's talk some blue gold nuggets. What do you got? And let's do rags. Have a three pack here. First one's a little bit entertaining. Lily Thompson. Uh, she played for Notre Dame for a couple of years. She was a uh, basketball team that is. Um, she was a Stanford grad transfer. Or, uh, I'm sorry, transfer, and she actually was a part of the 2018, 17, 18 national championship team uh but what ended up happening to her is she was injured early in the acc season so she kind of had to watch everything from the bench she was a fine guard she really was a lot was expected of her well you know what she's now the seventh i'm sorry the 17th female member of the harlem globetrotters and she's making a bit of a homecoming this weekend at purcell pavilion when said harlem globetrotters come here for their annual appearance Pretty neat, once again. She's been doing a lot of community work. They've been in town. The team's been in town for a few days as she's been out and about doing some promo work. So good for her. You know, it's nice. I'm sure she's enjoying her moment in the sun here. A very well-deserved one. On a not-so-friendly note, Alohi Gilman, Notre Dame safety, junior safety, a terrific young man, as we all know. He started his career at Navy, uh, but he said his heart wasn't into the Naval Academy, and then the rule was changed where you had to go two years active service before if you wanted to get into the NFL draft. Well, Gilman wasn't really interested in waiting. Like he said, his heart really wasn't in the service academies anymore, and so he transferred to Notre Dame. Well, he received an anonymous letter um, signed by six anonymous writers, however you want to put that, that really took him to task for transferring away. I guess this is kind of a sign of the time story, Rags, more than anything. Uh, that really took him to task for transferring away from Navy to Notre Dame. Uh, here's a little bit of it. I won't read you the whole thing, but, quote, 
we must express utter contempt for you and your educational and career decisions over the past couple of year. Um, it's signed six veterans and college football fans. You spit on the flag and transfer because you believe you can make the NFL quicker. It goes on and on and on. That's uh, a little a harsh. It's a lot harsh. And, you know, frankly, he's one of the nicest young men you will ever meet. Upstanding guy. You know what? For his interest were to make it to the NFL. As a matter of fact, the Defense Department allowed these guys to, if they had legitimate NFL aspirations and they were very much draftable, that they made a rule that you could go and you could you, you, you could bypass your active duty. That was something that the U.S. Defense Department made. And then less than six months later, they, they reneged on that rule. And that's part of what went into Gilman's decision to transfer. I don't blame him. I can't blame him. And he is a legitimate NFL talent for sure. Last week, the er, the largest class of early enrollee freshman football players ever to step foot on Notre Dame's campus, 10 of them, uh, began their spring semester. Um, this is a, this is a story that I have to give credit to Eric Hansen for. It was pretty interesting. You would think that extra time, you know, the time here with Matt Ballas in the conditioning room during this particular semester and then spring ball uh, and just kind of getting acclimated with athletics and academics would really help these guys. Um, This started in 2006. Charlie Weiss insisted that he start getting some early enrollees. Notre Dame had never done that before. Since that 2006 uh, uh, um, uh, recruiting class, sorry about that, only four, there's been 52 of these early enrollees. And only four of those 52 started as many as six games. So it, it's kind of, a, it helps you come along, but it's not as immediate of an impact as you might think. And those are quarterback Jimmy Clausen. He, he started nine in 2007. Safety Devin Studstill, he started nine in 2016. TJ Jones, wide receiver, started seven in 2010. And defensive end Aaron Lynch started six in 2011. So out of 52 players, those are the only guys that have started six games or more. There's only been 15 of those 52s that have ever started uh, even one game. Um, they had seven early enrollees Notre Dame did last January. I said mentioned 10 this year. Seven last year. Only linebacker Bo Bauer played in all 13 games, and that was mainly on special teams. Houston Griffith, a defensive back, played in 11. Uh, center Luke Jones, wide receiver Micah Jones, linebacker Jack Lamb, Tight end George Takix and running back Jameer Smith, all of them redshirted. None of them played. So you'd think you'd have a big splash from these young guys. Doesn't always work out that way. And most of the gentlemen, most of these 10 guys that are on campus here as early enrollees this year, they're mainly offensive linemen and defensive linemen. And you know as well as I do, Rags, that's a posi- those are a couple position groups that really you need some room. You need, you need some time to grow into those uh, in the weight room and beyond that. And those are your blue gold nuggets. I've got an extra one. I've got one. Um, with the Super Bowl coming up uh, next weekend, you know, you and I were talking off the air. Is there anybody playing uh, in the game? And 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 I did some research um, for the sixth time in fifty-two Super Bowls, and for the first time since ninety-nine, there's no wow. no Notre Dame player represented on either team's roster. Now, technically, two last year shouldn't count, but Michael Floyd was technically on the roster, kind of. He wasn't on the active 53-man roster. Right. If you remember, he was a, a receiver for the Patriots for a little bit. So so for the first uh, sixth time uh, in 52 games and first time since 99, there will be no Notre Dame player. Feelings on that? Because uh, we had a couple of close calls, uh, to say the least. Yeah, we were talking about it before we went on air a little bit, and I'm racking my brain, and I've watched a lot of these playoff games, and I'm thinking, I just don't remember anybody from those these two teams yeah. 
but so many times somebody slips through the cracks that you forget about. That's that's pretty interesting to me. Obviously, it's a lot of dumb luck, uh, but I, I guess what surprises me a little bit is I'd like to kind of go back. Maybe I'll do it before next show. It seems like the Patriots have always carried one Notre Dame guy, I think, and I think some of that was a pipeline created from Charlie Weiss. So yeah. perhaps that pipeline is drying up a little bit as time moves on. Uh, that, that's that's one theory anyways. Well, we'll break it down a little bit more because I found uh, some interesting statistics on the Super Bowl next week. It kind of You broke this down into past, present, and future, which is kind of nice. Uh, we're going to look at the present team, the past team, and what they're doing, and the future team. So let's start with the present. And, and, and as you noted, the, the 2019 roster is starting to uh, put, come into some sort of form and shape here. Yeah, and it's interesting because this is always a story worth watching because, you know, you bring in these big recruiting classes. You talk about fifth-year guys, guys could potentially go for their fifth year. You wonder about guys that leave early, and so you're always running hot on your rosters. I mean, sometimes you're running real hot this time of year. You'll have, you're only allowed 85 scholarships to start fall camp, but um, sometimes you're running 92, 93, and you start to look at it and you wonder, how in the heck are they going to get to that number Moving along a little faster this time around, and, and a lot of it starts with three grad transfers that have found a home now. We didn't get a chance to talk about Brandon Wimbush, who landed at the University of Central Florida. Good for him. Few programs in the country have won more college games than Notre Dame in the last two seasons. Central Florida would be one of them. I believe one loss in the last two seasons. It's, it's a little murky. Um, we'll have to wait and see. Um, the three-year starter there, Mackenzie Milton, he would obviously be the heir apparent to start, but he had a gruesome knee injury in, in the regular season finale in November. Um, so he, his status is very much uncertain, Rags. And for Wimbush to agree to go to Central Florida and for Central Florida to go out and recruit him suggests that perhaps Milton is not in great shape, at least to start the season. We'll have to wait and see. There's a redshirt freshman, uh, Daryl, Daryl Mack, um, that started in place of Milton. Um, so we'll see. He's going to be in the running to be the starter. But it looks as if Brandon Wimbush could make a real case uh, to become the starter there. And then former Irish defensive tackle Micah Dutreadway, he announced his destination also. He's going to play for Minnesota. So he's out of here. And then beyond that, one other one here that just came up, backup linebacker DJ Morgan. Um, he When he announced his grad transfer here recently, that Notre Dame's roster now stands at 88 rags. So you're only talking about three spots. Typically, you're talking about a lot more than that. Now, that said, that includes the 21 guys that from the 2019 recruiting class. Notre Dame is still chasing down a couple more guys from that 2019 class in linebacker Asa Turner, um, who has his choices down at Notre Dame and Washington, and Isaiah Foskey. Uh, he's a defensive end. So... That 88 could become 90, uh, but it looks like the roster is starting to take shape here a little bit. And we're going to get into more of that, some of the guys that left early here when we start to talk about the past of the program. But as far as the present of your program, 88 right now, trying to get to 85, plenty of time to do it. You get your arrest, your suspensions, all that stuff, uh, the, the dismissals that come into the offseason. But so far, so good when it comes to roster rhythm for Notre Dame. Yeah, and uh, you know, if we, you brought it up, look in the past real quick because the Senior Bowl is uh, is going on right now, and it, it sounds like it's a one day event, but it's not. In case you people don't know this, down in Mobile, Alabama, it's kind of it's kind of like a combine that's going very on. Much. You know, very much like a combine, and then it, it does culminate 
in a game uh, in North and South, and and uh, there are some representatives and some you know really good players come out. You know, um, you, you had uh, Mayfield played last year in the game. Uh, Josh Allen, I believe, played as well. Mm-hmm. So you sure. get some major players that get some extra time in front of these scouts, and so it, it it it'd be remiss if we didn't bring up some of the Notre Dame players that are representing themselves down in Mobile. Yeah, said game will be played 2.30 p.m. Saturday. Um, that You can find that on the, that's 2.30 Eastern time on the NFL Network. And indeed, Rags, it's called the Senior Bowl for a reason, sure. obviously. You know, you don't have your underclassmen and whatnot, but certainly there are a lot of fine seniors out there, and a couple of them are really standing out for Notre Dame, including Fort Wayne native Drew Tranquil, who is making huge strides down there as far as his draft prospects and Dexter Williams, you know, maybe no surprise to the folks that really follow him that he's doing such a nice job. But what they do, Rags, and you brought it up a little bit, and you're exactly right, as much attention is spent, especially from the NFL scouts and those types of guys, the GMs, on the week of practice than the actual game. I think that more emphasis goes into that week of practice. And Drew Tranquil, among linebackers, earned player of the week honors um, among the entire linebacking crew. And Dexter Williams may won the same honors among the running backs. So the Notre Dame guys are representing very well. Drew Tranquil is representing so well. As a matter of fact, most draft boards now have him projected to be chosen in the draft ahead of Tavon Coney. And I don't think any of us would have ever seen that coming. They're, they're basically kind of talking about a fourth or fifth round pick for these two guys. They're, they could go real close together, it sounds like. That's not too bad when you're talking about a guy that has a, had a couple of ACL injuries, had to play when sure. we we're talking about Tranquil, obviously. Three positions in three years, very impressive stuff, not surprised. Everything I read was that he also became an instant leader. He became the quarterback of the defense. And you know those all-star events, Rags, that says a lot to scouts when somebody can come in, doesn't know any of these guys, and all of a sudden everybody's already gravitating to him. Yeah, he owns That's the room. impressive yeah. stuff. He really does own the room, well put. Um, a couple other guys, um, Jerry Tillery was invited to this event, but undisclosed injury, he is not there. Um, I mentioned Coney, I mentioned Tranquil uh, and Williams. Those are the guys that are actually participating in this. Alizé Mack was supposed to be here as well, but you know what? You have to have your degree to do so. Alizé Mack was telling everybody, we were told that he was on pace to graduate in December. It didn't happen, so he was kind of kicked off the team there, which is a shame because I think of all the Notre Dame guys, maybe beyond, well, I I don't know, I I shouldn't say that because Tranquil had a lot to prove and probably Williams did as well. But I think Alizé Mack, perhaps with his sketchy pass, pass may have had a lot to prove as well and he is a freak athlete and for him to miss this event i think really hurts his draft stock we'll have to wait and see how that plays out uh, but all in all, it sounds like the Notre Dame guys are representing well, and I think it's going to be worth a watch Saturday. Yeah, I think that, that you know, I wish uh, this garnered as much attention as the NFL Combine because this, to me, seems a lot more closer to real-life uh, action and, and should garner a little more attention. It doesn't, the, the, you know, I'm surprised that the week leading up to it doesn't get a little more coverage, but that, you know, whatever. Um, we'll see what happens at the yeah. com- Combine as well. Yeah, and I think part of that, Rags, perhaps, is that, you know, the Combine is one-stop shopping. You get the underclassmen, and, and yeah. you know, I mean, we, we're not fooling anybody when we say that the underclassmen make up probably, what, 70, 80% of the first-round picks. Yeah, so I let's, think that, let's, I, be, let's be honest. A lot of these guys that are playing in this game are not even going to get drafted. I think that's part yeah, of the problem, I, yeah. 
I think you have that star power of the combine, but I agree with you. I wish it would get a little bit more attention, especially with Notre Dame being so well well represented. Um, but certainly, it, it's it's the first step in the draft process uh, for guys to make a mark. And I don't know. I'm not sure, Rags. Maybe you can help me on this. Could you earn a if you play well in the Senior Bowl setting? Could you earn a combine invite? Or are those already out? I I, I I should know this, but I just don't. I don't know. I know that's next month. That's a great question. I don't know if uh, if you if you play well enough where they'd ask you to come on out. I would think so. I mean, it, they, like they're going to want another look at you. You would think. Why would it? You know, why would they hesitate to ask you to come on out? I don't think that's locked in yet. But maybe somebody smarter than us can figure that one out i i don't know and you know we'll see what happens well here's where here's what you're left with as far as the nfl draftees uh, at least in my opinion alizé mack now i think becomes he he should perform well to combine but right now he's a little bit sketchy on whether or not he'll even get drafted as is miles boykin a lot there's still a lot of head scratching going on that he didn't come back to notre dame for another year doesn't make any um, they sense just, yeah they just don't don't think he has enough speed and, and could use a lot of work and just more uh, more attention, uh, more evaluation, I should say. Um, Julian Love, obviously the fine cornerback. He's projected to go in the second or third round. Uh, Dexter Williams now, because of the senior bowl showing, and part of his senior bowl resume has been how well he can, uh, what a great pass receiver he is, and how smart he's become as far as pass protection and his technique when it comes to picking up blitzes and those types of things. That was something that was a real deficiency for him here at Notre Dame until this past his senior year. Scott Wright, uh, NFLDraftCountdown.com, a good friend of ours, a good friend of the shows, he has him now maybe a second or third round pick as well, which really surprised me. Uh, Tavon Coney and Drew Tranquil, as I mentioned, fourth or fifth round. Those are about the those are the six guys that I think have a legitimate chance of getting drafted. Uh, I, well, I, I left Tillery off that list. Um, I, I should say that he's kind of floating around that Coney Tranquil range as well, perhaps a little bit higher. All right, let's look a little farther ahead now to the future of this team. And I know the 2020 team rankings uh, for 247sports.com are, are out there now and the commits for the next, actually, the, the rankings for the next you know, three or four years are out. Right. <laughs> I mean, they, they really project ahead. I know Notre Dame's right around 15 right now for 2020. What do you have for us uh, for the future of this team? Yeah, these are guys, these rankings are always a little bit interesting, obviously very arbitrary. You know, not one side agrees with the others and whatnot. And yeah, when you're ranking 7th and 8th graders, sometimes obviously there's a certainly room for error. Um, but a couple items of note on this 2019 recruiting class. I think the big one is safety Kyle Hamilton and his ascent through the rankings over the course of time here. Uh, there's another guy, too, that made a huge jump Um Hamilton is a 6'3", kid. He's a big kid. He's a safety, as I mentioned, man. He is the real deal, and he moved his way into not only a five-star rating, according to 247 Sports, um, but the number one safety in the country and the number 15 player overall in the country, which is pretty impressive stuff. I mentioned the five-star because that's kind of rarefied air around here at Notre Dame. As a matter of fact, the last five-star player to be ranked by 247 Sports for Notre Dame was the 2016 recruiting class, Tommy Kramer, the offensive tackle. And then you have to go all the way back to 2013, Rags, for the previous five-star before Kramer, Jalen Smith. 2013, obviously a Fort Wayne Lures guy. So this isn't something that happens all the time uh, when you get a five-star guy in here. 
He's being compared to Cam Chancellor. Obviously, the the Seahawks fine defensive back. That's not that that's some that's some heavy company there for sure. So that was good news for him. Uh, obviously, he becomes Notre Dame's number one player um, when it comes to rankings at number fifteen. Uh, Jack Kaiser from down the street here, yeah. Pioneer High School in Royal Center, Indiana. He made a huge jump, a huge jump, and we've talked about him some, especially since he became the first ever one A guy to win Indy Stars. Mr. Football here in Indiana. He's six one two oh five, so obviously a lot of room to grow, but he's long. He made a four hundred oh just in the last month of this uh recruiting season before the final rankings come out. He jumped four hundred and eighty one spots. He went from six hundred and seventy two overall, I don't know how they, they do such things, to hundred and ninety one overall. So he made the top two fifty here, which is a big deal for two four seven sports. He's now rated as the number thirteen outside linebacker, and he also earned a four star rating, which that was not thought was going to be possible here not too terribly long ago. Uh, back-to-back state titles there at Pioneer. Uh, he leaves that school as the state's fourth all-time leading rusher, second in, uh, second all-time leading scorer, and with a 52-2 and record at Pioneer the last uh, two seasons um, with two straight state titles. The other top 50 guys for 247 Sports, uh, Zeke Carroll, he's the number three center. Andrew Kristofik, number 17 offensive tackle. Jacob Lacey, the number 15 defensive tackle. Quinn Carroll, number 11 offensive tackle. Nana Osafa Mensa. There you go. He is the number 13 weak side defensive end. And Isaiah Rutherford, the number 23 cornerback. So what do we have here? We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys in the top 250 um, of the 247 sports final ranking. So not too shabby. You mentioned it. Looks like about a number 15 recruiting class, which has been kind of where Notre Dame's floating around. Let's turn our attention to basketball real quick here, uh, Todd. Uh, the women keep rolling along, although they did get a scare from uh, Tennessee uh, earlier this week. Let's talk men first because coming up, you know, Saturday they're gonna they're, they're gonna be on prime time. Um, they're probably gonna get their asses handed to them, but uh, you never know. They'll be home. They're taking on number three Virginia. Notre Dame really struggling right now, one and five in the conference. One high note is that John Mooney is really playing well. He is a stud. I, I mean, I'm trying to. I, I hate to do the Troy Murphy comparisons, but my word, where would this team be without John Mooney? And while you mentioned the game against number three Virginia, 1 p.m. Purcell Pavilion, CBS Sports. Oh, guess what? Number two Duke comes to town Monday night, Yikes. 7 p.m. ESPN. Yeah, so a nice little one two punch here within 54 hours. There are things this team does well. You know what? They're taking care of the ball. Obviously, they are dinged up beyond belief, so much so that Chris Doherty had to have his uh, redshirt year plucked from him. They had no intention of playing him this year. Uh, but once Jawan Durham went out, he's going to miss his fourth game, fourth out of five games and third straight games with a bad ankle. He will not play against Virginia. Presumably, he will not play against Duke either. John Mooney. 17.8 points a game and 14 one-point rebounds in his six ACC games. He's became a, become a double-double machine. I honestly think with his build and his game as that big swing guy has a legitimate chance to be a solid NBA player, Rags. Yeah. I really do. Well, he's, he's averaging the- he's averaging a double-double now. It, it, this last run he did, these last three games, got him into double-double average for the year. Yeah, and like I said, in that you know, he had a little bit of a slow start, but I mean, this is ACC play: seventeen point eight points and fourteen point one boards. I mean, that is incredible. 
um, what he's doing. He is the real deal. He he gets to a lot of loose balls. I mean, like I said, Troy Murphy, that's not fair. It's not a fair comparison yet. But his style of play reminds me very much of him. Starting to get better work out of a couple freshmen and Dane Goodwin and Nate Luzuski. Um Like I said, they're so dinged up. But they scrap and they claw. You know, They don't turn the ball over, which is a trademark Mike Bray team. They don't shoot foul shots very well, which is not a trademark Mike Bray team. They've been missing a lot of threes, a lot of open threes again. Not something you're used to seeing from Notre Dame. They are in all these games, and that's what the shame of it is. But they just haven't finished. I mean, listen to this, Rags. Okay, so you've lost three straight and five out of six. Uh, but you lost by six points at North Carolina. Four points against NC State, another ranked team. And then two points at Georgia Tech. So in an eight-day span, uh, you lost three games by a total of 12 points. So they're, they're in these games. They're not finishing these games. And I think perhaps that's the big thing about it. And that's the big thing about being so young is you haven't quite found a way uh, to finish these things. Now, v- meanwhile, Virginia, uh, 17 and 1 overall, 5 and 1 in conference. They've been beating up everybody, man. They had the one loss at Duke, 72 70, beat Florida State by 13, Boston College by 17, Clemson by 20, Virginia Tech, a good Virginia Tech by 22, and Wake Forest by 23. So it just seems like, and, th- and that's their last string of games, Rag. So yeah. this team is humming along. I, I don't know if Notre Dame's going to be able to hang in with them. Virginia holds an 11-3 series advantage. So this has been sort of kryptonite for Mike Bray, this team. Well, uh, it's youth and depth, and that's what's killing them, and it's the bottom line. Yeah, that's, right. that's it, and it, there's no mystery. I mean, you watch the games, you can see it as it unfolds. Yes. Um, but you look at the, the, the ladies, and how about this? They, you know, they, the Tennessee was winning this game for quite some time this past week, but I didn't realize this. You know, Jackie Young gets the triple-double. It's just the seventh triple-double in school yeah. history. That is pretty impressive stuff. Yeah, I got a little trivia to go along with that, but yes, indeed, Jackie Young, 16 points, 12 boards, 10 assists, as you mentioned, the seventh triple-double in program history. Surprised me a little bit as well with the hurt in this women's program puts on teams. You'd think you would have accidentally sure. uh, fallen into a couple more of those. Tennessee up by three at half. Um, Braggs, do you think you would ever say this? This is a Tennessee team that had entered this game with Five straight losses. Yeah, I think they started twelve and one, and now they've lost six in a row. It's kind of yeah, crazy. six in a row after Notre Dame twelve and seven. Uh, the final score was seventy seven sixty two Irish. It was Notre Dame's twelfth straight win. Uh, moves the Irish to nineteen and one. The top ranked Irish, obviously, they missed eleven. Notre Dame missed eleven of its first twelve shots, so that'll put you down. Enrique scored only two points in the first quarter. She finished with twenty eight. But you mentioned Jackie Young as the seventh triple double in program history. Notre Dame men's basketball has had one triple-double in its history, and it is during our sort of genre. It goes back a little bit, but it oh, doesn't so go not, all the way it's back. It's not Bonzi, then. It wasn't Bonzi. Okay. Uh, boy. It goes back farther further than that. Real farther. Uh, a little further. It's in our It's, on, it's in our time it's in our frame. It's not going back to Bob Whit- Whitmore or anything like that. But. It's before DJ and Connaughton, then? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm drawing a blank here. Go ahead. It, it's a Mike Bray guy uh, from from the early years. Uh, let me give you that hint. It was a Matt Doherty recruit yeah. who played for Mike Bray. Is that helping? He, he was a point guard that played for a long time with a lot of mixed reviews. Uh, uh, he got. Did he get uh, drafted by the Knicks? 
I don't believe he was drafted uh, at no, all. No, then I can't. I can't. Nothing. You don't. You can't think of Chris Thomas. Ah, uh, no. I I could. I would have never thought of that. Never in a million years. <laughs> Only one in program history. It was his first game in a Notre Dame uniform. True freshman uh, wow. started triple double. Yeah, how about that? That yeah, is that was a little that, a little nugget for you. Up next for the women, we mentioned uh, what the men are have up against them. Uh, the women play Sunday at North Carolina, and then next Thursday at Clemson. So a little bit of a road swing there for the Lady Irish. Yeah, I was thinking of Jerry and Grant, and then uh, then he. I think he got drafted by the Wizards. He was on the Knicks for a little bit. Yeah, he got they traded, traded yeah, right away, and like yeah. three times on draft day. Yeah. I think. <laughs> Uh, which is never a good sign. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. That is your blue gold report. Uh, as we head towards Super Bowl 53 next weekend, we'll have another great show on Friday for you. And it's always brought to you by Dio McComb and Sons Funeral Homes. And if you found us via podcast, make sure you subscribe to the blue gold report rate and review us. Todd, we'll do it again next week, my friend. All right. Good to be back. Thanks, Rags. This has been a presentation of Optin Productions. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.